This is Take Note, a podcast about keeping a notebook and paying attention. And what that means is that uh, I'm on the line with my buddy Ted, and we are going to share some things that uh, we found in our notebooks, wrote in our notebooks this week, and then we're going to talk about notebooks, and we'll, we'll see where the conversation takes us. Are you there, Ted? We don't know where the conversation will go. That's the beauty of it. No idea. We know. We've got some general idea. Notebooks, right. pens, pencils, probably books. Yeah, probably a few books in there. Yep. What uh, what notebook are you writing in right now? I am writing in a Field Notes Foiled Again special red edition, I think. I mean, it's not the blue edition. It's like the members only Foiled Again edition. I really like these. Finished a blue one. This one's, I don't know if it's red or orange. I think it's red. And I am using... I think I left my Pentel down at this desk last week, so I haven't used my Pentel much this last week. Instead, I've been using an Energel 0.35M needlepoint. What about you? What are you we using? Talk, I don't know if we talk about the Energel enough. So it's a very high-quality product. It's great. I've always loved the, the needlepoint Energel. I've always hated the, the body, the pen body. I don't really... It, I don't think we talk about bodies. Just... It's just me. Yeah. You're uncomfortable. No, I just don't. Um, I mean, we don't talk about other people, other people's body. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I So I'm finishing up a Firewood Troop Dapper Notes, and I've got teed up right here a red Field Notes Foiled Again edition. I'm going to say survey of three, you, me, and number one fan, occasional co-host Ryan Sly, the Foiled Again is going strong. I think we're all feeling it. Yeah, so it's a really good addition. It's, it's it's ruled, so I'm excited. Um, it's handsome. It's fresh. Feels fresh. I think it's a great addition. I you always say ruled rules, which yeah, you know I tell you not to say it that much, but in this I case, know. I'm always saying that. Um, oh, Ryan gave me this one actually. This he was he 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 forced me to take this members only whatever it is this members only jacket yeah. of a notebook um he said no you have to i don't care that i got this just for being a subscriber you you have it because that that's how he is ryan give uh, me mine too. Ra- oh that yeah look at that no it's not johnny true. appleseed it's not oh, true man. just what just trying to keep up with? yeah uh i'm writing with the uh, uniball jet stream Another thing Ryan informed me about, so I've got a Baron Fig Squire pen, um, which I haven't used in a long time because the refill ran out, and I don't love those whatever. They're they're Schmidt style. I don't know the exact specs of them, but they're kind of rollerball-y and skippy, and I, I, I haven't liked them much. And Ryan says to me, he says, you can get a Jetstream refill that fits the Squire. So I uh, ran out of the room, went to the internet, to jetpens.com, ordered up some Jetstream refills for the that'll fit a Squire pens, kind of like the bigger metal body. And it, you know you can't just order one thing on Jetpens, so I got a a bevy of affordable writing instruments headed my way, oh, which nice. I'm pretty excited about. The uh, the uni style fit single color slim gel pen. Those are these like uh, the barrel is just only just larger than the refill. It's like a very thin narrow pen. I've I've tried them before. What's it called? 
Uni style fit slim gel pen. It's like a refill with a clear plastic barrel and a click, but they're very they're very slim. Oh wow! I'm excited. Wow. I have a a Tombow Air Press ballpoint pen coming. Those look really cool too. It's also clear. I have no idea what this pen is, but it looks great. It's got a big plunger. Um, the Pilot Il Milli Nuance gel pen. Again, no idea what this is. It looks kind of reminds me of the Uni one that I really don't like. So hopefully this one is better. I have a lot of trust in Pilot. I got a Sakura ball sign. Hello. <laughs> ID gel pen. <laughs> uh, this, uh, a Sakura. I just, I don't know. I like Sakura. They make these drawing things. I thought I'd try it on it. So I, one of those uh, escapades uh, uh, in the jet pens landscape. I, you know, I'm, I've become a less of a fancy fountain pen guy and more of a use what is around me, but go, you know, try to surround myself with good affordable options. So jet pens is just the home for that stuff. So well, once I get that shipment in, uh, I'll report back after I test everything out. So the, the pen I've been thinking about a lot lately, I probably have some around here, but like they're not in front of me. And it's the one that I keep thinking, maybe I'll go to Mitsuo and buy, except I think they don't have them. Mitsu is the grocery store and that Kinokunio is inside. That's where I'd buy it. Uh, is the, the Tombow, and this is so I should be getting this at Jet Pens probably, Tombow Monograph Light Ballpoint Pen. And it is a, um, is a, the, the body, you know, I don't like to talk about the bodies normally, but uh, yeah. striped mm-hmm. red, white, and black. And it's a, it's a 0.38 millimeter, same as this needle point. I really like that pen. Oh. It looks kind of like something you'd expect somebody to be writing with in a uh, Wes Anderson movie. Well, monograph Tombow pen. Stamp of approval in my book. Yeah, that looks cool. Yeah, yeah it actually what it, there's a pencil that's designed similarly, right? It yep. must be. Yes. In conversation with that pencil. <laughs> that's right. It's in conversation. Uh, yeah, I think I think the pencil is what they got at the grocery store, um, not the grocery What's stationery store inside expo- the grocery store. <laughs> Okay, please ex- please explain to my, me. My sorry, the Kinokuniya in uh, Chicagoland area, in Arlen- the village of Arlington Heights, uh, future home of the Chicago Bears. In the village of Arlington Heights is uh, <laughs> it's a Japanese grocery store called Mitsuo. There's a great little ramen place inside. Um, there's food court. There's a great bakery called Hippo House, and um, there's also a Kinokuniya bookstore in there. And okay, many of the Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to pause you for a second. Okay. The village, the village that you live in. Yeah. That you walk to the middle of every day. Yes. Contains within it a Kinokuniya store. Yeah. The, how has this information not penetrated my consciousness more directly? I've been trying I'm, to keep it secret from you, honestly. I'm at a loss. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we would have talked about it before, but yeah, it's in there. the The thing is, lo- village is like I love really that place. village is uh is not fair. We are technically a village, but we're huge. Um, but I like calling it a village. We're a, we're a huge suburb. Still, it's yeah. in your suburb. It is. I ha- that's that, that's really something. Thank and you. I feel you, you've buried the lead in your hometown for uh, or your your uh, home village for quite a while. <laughs> It's nice to say village, though, don't you think? Don't you kind of wish it you is. could say village? Village village of Houston? No, it sounds great. 
All right. Well, what have you written in your notebook, Ted? What do you got? Okay. Well, I wrote one thing. Uh, everything in my home office squeaks. You might hear an occasional. I'm gonna rock gently back and forth in my old banker's chair here because that squeaks. I've got. A, I'm gonna rock my. That's my table. That's more of a thump than a squeak. I just had that revelation. Everything in my home office makes a noise of some sort. You should you should record it and you should submit it to the house music section on Lauren Laverton's radio show on BBC Six in the morning, um, where she compiles these recordings of little squeaks like that that sort of sound like a song or some sort of music, and then she'll or like a little beat or something. Mm-hmm. Yep, sounds like a beat. Wow. Yeah, I like it. That's yep. a good idea. House music. Uh, okay. I feel like Fiona Apple's most recent album was very. It was very home sourced, wasn't it? A very sort of it was pandemic type uh, uh, artifact. Yeah, recorded like in her house, and pots and pans and things. That's right. Have you written anything of particular interest in your yeah. foiled again notebook? Yeah, both of the both of mine today are just short little notes to remind me of something that I really wrote as they were happening. So. <laughs> Instead of just reading the phrase, I'll, I'll tell you the story. It's my wife's birthday yesterday, and uh, we went we went out to eat. And as we were finishing up, there was a couple coming down, uh, sitting down, on a date. My wife was just staring at this guy, just ogling him. And uh, I texted her. I was like, "What are you staring at this guy for?" And she doesn't acknowledge it. Like, oh my goodness! What the you know? You're just staring at this guy. So we get out of there, and I'm like. What's 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 going on? He's staring at this guy, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" They they were all. He was so awkward about his date, and he just kept being like, "Oh, are you gonna do that? Are you gonna do that?" Now this guy, he's <laughs> his hair looks great. He's got a nice big watch, but well, but but I, you know, I didn't hear this. So I, she's telling me this, and this sounds like a great cover story if it's not true, right? Great cover story. Oh, this guy was so awkward on his date, but then she sold it. She said, "Um, I did hear actually." Well. Yeah, uh, I, I heard him say one thing. I did hear him, the, 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 the waiter asked if he had any questions about the menu. And he goes, well, it's small bites and big bites here. So <laughs> is, is small bites, I assume that's like an appetizer and a big bite is an entree. So I did hear that as we were leaving. And I was thinking like, oh, this guy that you're staring at, like, oh, he's a real winner. You know, he's a real catch there. What's, what's, what's the deal uh-huh. with these menu names these days? But he, boy, oh boy, you can hardly tell what size a meal is But anymore. he wasn't joking. He wasn't, you know, um, but he, no. he, you know, he really had it. He looked like he was put it. And so my wife was like, yes, he looked like he was really put together. Like he was, you know, <laughs> she didn't say man of the world, but I'm thinking she's thinking man of the world. She goes, but, but, <laughs> but, but when he was going through the menu, what I didn't hear was he said to his date, he's like, oh, they have um, plum wine and sock. <laughs> So all is forgiven. She was she was not ogling him. She was yeah, gathering a way he got for me. Yeah, she's off. The, <laughs> she, was, she was farming content <laughs> yes. on your behalf. Good. What do you got? Uh, let's see. I got another little note here. I was in a, a coffee shop on the campus that I work on. There was a study group. It was a it was a religious study group of some sort realized as I was over here and a bunch of young people exploring spirituality and the <coughs> the ringleader who was a real uh, 
big bites, small bites <laughs> kind of a guy. <laughs> oh. You know um, the type. <laughs> you know the type, intimately. Says at one point, have any of y'all ever had like a mountaintop type experience? Never? Yeah. I was the... I don't know if he left enough time between have you ever had a mountaintop type experience for them to think about whether they'd had a mountaintop type experience and say it before he just dropped it. Never? It's like, that's a big, that's a big question. I think he was, uh, I, I think he was perusing a, a mountaintop themed passage of the good book. That's my theory. Uh, well, s- speaking of mountain type, mountaintop type experiences after, <laughs> after, uh, our dinner, we went to see Josh Ritter and, uh, ah, and, uh, love he, him. yeah. And he played uh, the well. He he was playing the Hello Starling album, which was like his breakout record. But um, but he sure played a lot of Sermon on the Rocks, which is like his um, God adjacent. What can I call it? God adjacent, like songs sure. about um, songs about God. But it's not like a gospel record at all. But uh, it's a, so anyway. Your 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 group was reminding me of the uh, um getting ready to get down song i think um the real the one about leaving uh going out to traveling out to to school and learning all the things that uh you're traveling out to a i think a religious college and learning all the things that your parents didn't want you to learn when you went out to a religious college it's a great song i love that song um he's a great great performer yeah good show it was a great show. Was it was, it was fantastic it's been a while since we saw him and um he still just smiles like crazy um, throughout the entire show and uh he yeah he really just put on a fantastic show and of course when it was over it's like we're, we're gonna see him every time he comes to town no matter what happens we're gonna go see him I know. but uh so that was part of my wife's birthday spectacular yesterday she's he's her her favorite even more than um plum wine and sock and uh hmm. um so it was great he happened to play on her birthday in chicago that was fantastic um yeah. before the show before the show, before we went out of town, I, I before we went into the city, I, uh, um, I, w- I went and picked up some flowers for her, and the florist had told me, uh, five dollars off. He said two percent off if you're in the Catholic Church. No, he said I'll give you five dollars off if you pay in cash. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll try to go grab some cash. So I, um, he, he didn't have change, basically. He, uh, and instead of being able to break change, instead of being able to break a twenty, he said, um. It wasn't a ten dollar. Um, it wasn't a ten dollar. Uh, okay, just this so was know, the last. To be 20. clear, this was the final yeah. twenty. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Uh, he was said the only twenty. He's like, don't you'll you'll just owe me ten dollars for next time, uh, which was very nice of him. And so I was determined today. I have this as you mentioned. I walk to the center of my village every day. I get a cup of coffee, and a little thing that my family has noticed is that whatever I'm supposed to do immediately after getting the coffee, if it's supposed to happen before I make it home, it doesn't happen. It's like my brain is just wired. Once I have that coffee, I walk home. If I'm supposed to stop at the grocery store, truly nine times out of ten I forget, and it doesn't matter. I could be telling myself go to the grocery store, go to the grocery store. You know, I can't. It's bizarre and concerning. But so I was determined to pay him his ten dollars back, and so I did. I remembered to walk to the into the florist after the coffee shop, and he wasn't there, which was just 
immediately devastating because then do I get credit um, for sure. returning the for bringing the ten dollars back? Will That's, the message get through? Right. Because let's be honest, you're not worried that the ten dollars will make a difference to their business. You're worried about getting credit. Well, I don't want to be seen as a. Uh, I don't know, cheapskate. I don't. Or, you know, like a like a swindler. A man, a man who doesn't repay his debts. Right. Um, that were debts that were forced upon you against your will. That's correct. That's right. He, he, he's the one that raised the issue of cash. Anyways, so I walk in. I I thought you were gonna say he would. Uh, you get a five dollar discount if you pay with cash. So you went to the ATM, paid a four ninety nine <laughs> ATM fee to get the cash out, and then went and paid him with cash. Anyway, carry on, please. It's just another example, though, of these guys not uh, not really thinking about the cost of the credit card fees because I don't think they're paying more than three or four percent. But anyways, it wasn't that expensive of a bouquet of flowers. So, so I'm worried about not getting credit, but that's not really the point of the what do you got? The point of the I I explained this to him and I said, oh, I owe I owe the florist ten dollars. Yesterday he didn't have change, and so I'm just here to give you ten dollars and. You know, just let him know that the guy that, you know, $10 short yesterday dropped it off. You know, she, beard, she, yeah. corduroy pants, uh, smell, smells good. That guy, Just tell him that guy, the guy, yeah. the smells good guy. So Mr. she... Cash. Mr. Tell Cash. Mr. Cash. Mr. Cash dropped off $10 for him. <laughs> she was completely confused by the situation. <laughs> and she started trying to give me change. I gave her 10 and she's like, okay, and what do I owe you? Like nothing. <laughs> yeah. We're even. Uh-huh. We're <laughs> I was like, what were you going to, were you going to just give me money? I became concerned for the, for the, for the shop owner who went back for a moment. Were you going to just give me money? She's like, I didn't understand. And I was like, yeah, but you just offered me money. <laughs> anyway, I, so. I was at a, uh, a 5k that, that my wife ran in. And uh, there was a coffee vendor there making coffee for people, for the runners and families and people attending. It was it was in a nearby village. And um, <laughs> the coffee was fantastic, and I think I had three cups of it. And he had some uh, he had some coffee there, and it's like, well, let me take a bag of beans. And he said, hey, I didn't bring my machine out. I was like, ah, it's okay. I'll find you on the internet, whatever. No, no, no. Yeah, take take the take the coffee. Uh, you can just you know what? Get, here's my card. Give me a call. You can pay for the coffee or whatever later. I'm like fine, appreciate it. Call back twice. Leave <laughs> a message. Number. The whole speed. Need to pay for this coffee. Never heard from him. Uh, so I got a bag of free coffee that I did not desire. But does that? I mean, maybe that's a question. Am I? Do I? Do I owe that to them? Or have I have I left the last message? Therefore, I'm off the hook until they get back to me. What do you think, Doctor Cash, oh, Mister Cash? It's tough. I I was in a football pool once, and I paid, and the guy never cashed the check. He had to send the guy a check, and uh, you know, then and and I thought the check didn't cash, and six months later, I got a message that uh, you know, the 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 you know that the cash that the check was voided whatever. And I thought I was done. You know, I didn't think I really needed to send more than one <laughs> check, but a buddy of mine was like, this is no, this is, he's running this pool. Like that's a person. That's not a, you got to send him another check. 
Um, so, and, you know, well, I don't heating, know. No, I mean, I think a check, a check doesn't last forever. I mean, that's your payment, right? Right. <laughs> that's right. But, but, uh, but, uh, you know, friend of the show and, uh, slacker, um, enthusiast Kugler did not agree. Did not agree. Yeah. No, yeah. Wasn't gonna, he'd, I bet he had just been reading a philosophical tome. Yeah, maybe. Ready to drop it on your head. I think you got to do one more call. And you got to sort of find a nice way of saying in the call, this is the last time I'm going to try to pay you for this. I'd really like to pay you for this. I called a couple times. I think you got to say it like that. Um, uh, and I don't no know. You can't, not, you're not going to do that? No, I'm not going to do that. Any chance no. you're going to call again? What's the chance nope. you're going to call again? Okay. Not a Great. one. So it's not like you weren't going to, it's not like you weren't going to make the point of saying this is the last time I'm calling. You weren't going to call no. again. Got it. How, no, when done. was this? When did this happen? Oh, when was this race? three months. Three yeah. Months ago. Yeah. You should no, call in window three more is... months. No, you <laughs> set up, put it on your phone right now. You're going to call in May. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Our segment, uh, our new segment, Notebook of the Week. Oh, I know that one. Car- well, it carries on. It carries on today. Um, I have a notebook here in front of me, uh, which is a hardcover. Six by 8.25 inches, so, you know, like a kind of a Baron Fig confidant size, kind of a Leuch term, whatever bigger size. Festooned upon the cover is a uh, a beautiful painting by Kahinde Wiley, who is a very famous uh, portraitist. He uh, he did Barack Obama's portrait. Uh, this uh, This particular portrait, uh, features Wiley's 2009 painting, Fall from the World Stage, from the Brazil series. It's a young man with a bucket hat um, and a cool T-shirt and shorts with his arm uh, sort of brashly swinging in front of his body in a floral background, which in fact is uh, characteristic of Candy Wiley's style. It's very, uh, very nice painting so my mother bought this notebook for me at the gift shop of the museum of fine arts houston which in fact has a kahinda wiley display of paintings and sculpture which should you happen to be in the houston area now or at some point before it closes in may or something uh, i really can't recommend it highly enough the scale and scope of the Sculpture is mind blowing, and the paint as the paintings in this, they're on a scale uh, that seems hardly possible. It's really like an event um, of an exhibition. Uh, of course, Kehinde Wiley is one of the most famous artists working today. Painted Barack Obama's presidential portrait uh, when he was a younger artist. He was first struck by a mugshot that he found crumpled on the ground, uh, and the the all the implications of that kind of portraiture and he took it home and he um and he started working with his motif of portraiture um and uses textile patterns and motifs that are commonly associated with the great masters which i am no master of the great masters um so you should go and look it up and find out who all those folks are um the uh the current show archaeology of science at the mfah uses the visual language of heroes, martyrs, and saints as portrayed in Western European historical art. Uh, 
about which Kehinda Wiley said, that is the archaeology I am unearthing, the specter of police violence and state control over the bodies of young black and brown people all over the world. These are depictions of young black and brown people, but in the, these amazing classical poses and, you know, a sculpture of a young woman reclining on a, you know, and uh, laid out in front of you in in sculpture form and but contemporary and amazing jewelry and and um, you know sort of depictions of textiles and then these absolutely massive portrait paintings that just glow in a way I've never really seen artwork glow before. Um, so all of this to connect this notebook of the week to this amazing work. When I think of an unbranded notebook with a piece of art on the cover like this one, my thoughts tend to stray to a generic kind of quality poor target number with Van Gogh's Starry Night on the cover or a motivational slogan of some sort. Hence my surprise when I opened up this notebook at work because I thought I'll use this thing for work. You know, I'm a little bit or a little less picky at work, but I like to have something, you know, with some structure to it. Uh, the paper was uh, was of a quality closer to a barren fig than a be the change you wish to see in the world. And I, I couldn't, uh, my brain couldn't figure out what was going on. A little research revealed that the notebook is in fact part of an extensive and highly curated collection of merchandise associated with the exhibition. Um, so m much of this merchandise is visually striking designs on items from magnets and notebooks to luxury items like silk scarves and puffy jackets and $140 t-shirts, all in Kehinde Wiley's motifs and named often with the classical works of art that they play off of. Crass, they look too good. Uh, and it's a move that plays well with the concepts Wiley addresses in his art. This is my interpretation. Who gets to be on the fancy mer merchandise? What is luxury or royalty? Who is the star of the show? Uh, the notebook is from the Kehinde Wiley studio. So this is something that has been produced by the artist. The, the puzzle pieces started to come together. Um, Ivory-colored paper, uh, hardcover, elastic closure, all the classic stuff. Uh, let's see, in the, the painting Fall from the World Stage, the Brazil series, the models were sourced locally from the surrounding Rio de Janeiro area. Uh, some of which, some of whom were recruited at Petrobras Espaço Cultural Nos de Moro, a nonprofit school for the arts, where many actors from the 2003 Academy Award nominated film City of God were discovered. So that's this figure on the cover of this notebook is uh, is probably someone from uh, from that community. I that love proceeds. that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I love that film City of God. Me too. It and I had not thought about it for quite some time when I was reading this description uh, but it was really a striking movie as i i mean any of us who watched it and were kind of of a certain age at that point uh had that reaction so this i mean that tied into that too so puzzle pieces came together the notebook started to make sense this is a considered object there are multiple covers all of which are equally beautiful presented probably uh, alongside pricey uh, and fancy and delightful other luxury goods, all of which were um, were brought to life by the artist in conjunction with the exhibition. So, in summary, 
Mom, I'm sorry I doubted the notebook that you got me, but I love it. <laughs> that is the notebook of the week. Everyone take note. So this is, Ma- I'm, I'm, in, I'm enjoying I love it. this series. I'm taking right. a look at it on the, on the website. You can buy it at the, uh, the Kehinde Wiley store. Looks like a great notebook. My introduction to Kehinde Wiley was in The Believer, the art issue from 2007. Wow. Uh-huh. And I have often thought about Kehinde Wiley when I see him, um, what was it, 2007? No, 2006. I think he did something maybe for 2007 too. 2006, and it included postcards of his, you know, of his artwork. That was, the cover was a postcard um, that could be removed from the cover. In fact, I bet while we were recording that I could find this believer, and I am sure that it will be missing the postcard um, (laughs) because I will have used it as a bookmark or sent it to you or something like that. But I, God, I now often, I have to go through my collection and see if you did send it to me. I think I would remember that. Right. Well, except that maybe it would have been too early to really, like, register, you know. Yeah. That, I mean, I, what, I, what I think is I've been through my postcards from you recently enough that I would have registered it when I saw it, perhaps, but perhaps not. You're you're on the you're on the early edge of. But I did nothing with it, right? I should have started like trying to buy Kende Wiley art or whatever, you know, <laughs> like that would have been the thing. Here we go, fortieth issue. Let's see. Wow. No postcard in there. No, um, because I yeah, uh, because I did something with the postcard. Um, Good that, for you. As that, well, you should have. Yeah, that was my that was my introduction to him. Um, I do. <laughs> I do want to ask if you're aware, and I think you're going to be very excited about this, of the full set of 13 Kehinde Wiley patches. I, In fact, I did see those, and uh, I did get a little bit excited, and they're even relatively reasonably priced. $105 for 13? Is that... I don't know how oh, much patches well, are going I, for I these would, days. I'm not going to buy 13 of them. I don't think I have that much real estate on there. Oh, you can just buy one. I see. Got it. I didn't even make it to so that. The, yeah. The, the, yeah, the Museum of Fine Arts, you can get them on their website, too. I saw them one at a time. I mean, that's a that's a patch right there. Yeah. It's a, they're beautiful. But I, th- I, I, I was... Yeah, I was uh, my sense is that not a lot of exhibitions have merchandise that is clearly so carefully considered maybe i'm wrong about that but i that was the revelation for me is that this you know i think this is kehinde wiley's work not necessarily the exhibition of course i don't know but you can (coughs) on his website you can buy a coloring book oh Um, sure and you know even the even this even this notebook as i learned all this i turned it over and it's got a the logo of his studio on the back of it and in a facsimile of his signature on the back. So it's very much a Kehinde Wiley product, which um, that's just cool. You can buy a Kehinde Wiley puzzle, um, some bird linen napkins. What if this just became a Kehinde Wiley podcast? We're just the people to host a Kehinde Wiley podcast. I can't think of anybody else who might be more qualified. No, definitely not. Certainly not the art historian that I live with. Let's do this again, Ted. Uh, what do you say? Sounds good. All right. So people can find us on the internet at takenote.space. There they can also sign up for our Substack, 
there's another URL that you could go to directly, but why not just do it at takenote.space? You can uh, support us on the Patreon if you like, and um, then about nine months from now, no, that's not how math works, about ten months from now, we will uh, send you a zine with some of the things that we've written down, things that were so good that we didn't share them on the show today. <laughs> um, but I've got stuff, you know, I've got little notes here about the Fataloco massacre, and I've been reading a lot of... Um, Roberto Bolaño, again, learning about him and jotting little things down about what Bolaño had to say about Borges and what Garcia Marquez did not have to say about Bolaño. Um, it probably won't make it into the zine, actually, but that's the sort of stuff that uh, you don't want to miss. In, t- in 10 months, you'll find out whether it did or not. <laughs> that's right. Just uh, set yourself a note. Ted's going to set himself a note to call the coffee guy back in three months, and in 10 months, you just uh, put an alarm on your phone that says... What did Garcia Marquez not say about Bologna? Um, anyway, this is a podcast. It's clearly a podcast about notebooks. And thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. See you, Ted. Take care.